Chapter Twenty Three Truth In his dream, he was six years old, seething by the eastern wing of the family Anfinway estate. The boiling, glittering light coruscated inside of him. It rose in temperature. It made his blood sear. It was a mean, driven thing. A monster lived inside of him. His father had dismissed him again. He'd tried so hard, so hard to lift the longsword, and he'd done it. And then his father had dismissed him for not being able to hold it for longer than ten minutes. Not strong enough. Never strong enough. He knew, already, that there were things he was supposed to do, things he was supposed to get right, things he was never supposed to talk about, things he was never supposed to show. Everyone else got to demonstrate their inner powers or abilities, but Gwen was not allowed. They had told that to him, they had yelled it at him, they had beaten it into his flesh. But even at the age of six, he woke up from nightmares sometimes, large nightmares, larger than his small body could contain, where he turned into light and the whole world dissolved in its heat and he would wake up convinced that whatever power he had, it wasn't the right one. The world had got it wrong, somehow. That was what his mother maintained. Creature, the laws of nature can go awry. And I can assure you they did, in your case. You must never show the true nature of your power to anyone. Imagine the horrible things they might do to you if they knew. He had been six and by the estate, and the light had been at the surface, just beneath his skin. He made attempt after attempt to quell it. He remembered trying so hard to keep it hidden. In the end, it hadn't mattered. The world had split into a fierce, explosive light. It smashed through every material object in a radius of several kilometers, and his six-year-old self was terrified, not only because of what he'd done, but because of how much more waited within, how endless his power was. It roared through the web of his cells, turned him blind, and his tiny fingernails cut half-moons into his palms to stop whatever eternity of light yawned wide and gaping inside of him. And it hurt! He fought against himself to push that light down below once more, fought with claws and teeth and brute strength and tenacity, smashed it back down. The light wouldn't listen, thought of nothing except replicating itself and spreading, burning and splintering and splitting everything in its path, annihilating the life within collections of atoms, fizzling through the existence of others. Gwen panicked, forgot he was dreaming. He fought against himself to shut down the light as it scoured him out from the inside, removed his ability to think. His hand flailed up to scratch hard at his face, and he shouted hoarsely when it was caught in a tight grip. The light had never done that before. It wasn't sentient. It couldn't learn. His other hand was caught, and pain flared in the center of his forearms, two bursts of sensation that couldn't compete with the light. He shouldn't have slept. He should have known better. It was too dangerous, too— A weight settled on top of him. He fought against that, too. His forehead slammed up and met nothing but space. Did no one understand that he needed to get rid of the light, for everyone's sake? He saw the wasteland in the back of his mind, the one that had never recovered, the one that had changed everything, and it would happen again, and everyone would know, and he had worked so hard, so hard, had tried to keep his head down and stay out of the limelight, except that his center had twisted into something that would try and get his father's approval, which was stupid, because approval only came when he truly stayed out of the limelight, and now he was king, and everyone would find out about him, everyone would know, everyone would know, and— Pain smashed through the center of his head, and he woke with a start, two fingernails pressing hard into the vertebrae at the back of his neck. August was lying on top of him, eyes wide. 
he released the pressure points as soon as he saw that Gwen was awake. Gwen looked wildly around the room, even as his head throbbed with residual pain. Everything was intact. Everything was upright and intact, and the court was still standing, and August was alive, and there was no residual light. It had only been a dream. Just a dream. The one he so often had. He whimpered. He couldn't catch his breath. He tried to push August off him, but August wouldn't move. He realized belatedly that he felt weak. His wrists felt bruised and torn. And then remembered that August had spent the evening tormenting him on the cross, fucking him senseless, pushing about his power, the light. He would never have slept, never would have had the stupid dream, if it wasn't for August. He almost threw the water horse off him. Almost. Except that August was lying on top of him, and cradled the back of his neck with one hand. His other palm rested against the side of his face. He looked at Gwen like he cared. Gwen knew that it was nothing more than surprise to see Gwen having a nightmare so violent. He knew. And if he hadn't just had that dream, if August hadn't just worked him over, then maybe, maybe he'd have a shred of strength left to push August off him and teleport into a forest where he could catch his breath and sit against a stout oak and just come back to himself. He was so tired, hiding August from others, hiding things from August, on top of hiding everything else. Subterfuge had never been his strong point. "'It's high drama with you this evening,' August said, curling his fingers around the back of Gwen's neck. Gwen whimpered at the touch, felt uncommonly needy. He wanted to curl up into the feel of August's hands and disappear. "'You throw tantrums against using your power even in your sleep. Did you know that?' "'Yes,' Gwen said hoarsely, abruptly aware of how hard he was shaking, embarrassed that August was seeing him like this. He hadn't intended to sleep. He hadn't intended to share a bed with August. He was doing everything wrong. Someone would find out. He would slip, and every good thing in his life would disappear. August wasn't moving, and Gwen felt a distressed hunger in him for more. August lay on top of him, and yet Gwen wished he could be somehow closer. It wasn't even possible. And Gwen knew he should push August away, knew that he should do the right thing and deal with this on his own. He was terrible at doing the right thing. August crooned a soothing sound at him, and Gwen bristled at it, even as some small part of him yearned and reached out, wrapped invisible hands around the sound of it. Because no, no, he wasn't some child to be offered solace. He wasn't six any more. He was grown and king, and he knew better. He reached up to push August off him, but when he put pressure on August's shoulder with his hands, pain flared down both of his wrists. He cried out, yanked them back even as August hushed him. He stared at the raw, torn flesh. It hadn't healed yet. It was starting to, he could tell that much, but they were wounded. All right, August said quietly. Do you remember last night? Gwen nodded mutely. He remembered some of it. He remembered sensation and pain and frustration and despair. He remembered a pleasure at the end so intense he almost couldn't stand it. He remembered August using a soft voice against him, using that soft voice to be cruel, and then using it to be kind. He hadn't realized he'd injured his wrists so badly. "'Got healing,' August said. "'But don't overuse them. Do you want me to get off you?' Gwen froze at the question. His heart beat harder. "'Did he?' His lips pressed together. He couldn't say yes. He couldn't say no. 
A wave of trembling moved through him. "'You are so scared,' Alga said. "'How much respect do you think your people would have for you, if they knew you could be like this?' Gwen stiffened. He opened his mouth to respond, but no words came. He feared anyone seeing him like this. Sleep was normally something he did only because he couldn't help it. He held back from it as long as possible, and when it finally tangled him up in its clutches, he made sure he was somewhere no one could find him. August's gaze was measuring, and then after a minute, he pushed himself up and away. Gwen's body responded before his mind could catch up. He followed the movement uncertainly. His hand came up and touched August's side with the lightest pressure. And this, he knew, this was also the dream. How many times had he woken up, desperate and needy and alone, and how many times had he forced to decide upon waking and thrown the mess of himself into hunting or meetings or battle? August stilled, furrowed his brow at Gwen, and then he shifted back slowly, lowering himself down until he was resting his head on his forearms, on Gwen's chest. Tell me about it, the dream. You were terrified, Gwen. Gwen's lips thinned. He looked to the side catches of the conversation from hours before finding their way back to him. Are you going to lecture me again? About how no one should fear their powers? About embracing it? Tell me, and then I'll decide. August reached out with his hands and sunk fingers into Gwen's hair. Gwen's breath caught in his throat. He shivered. And when the fingers massaged lightly, his eyes closed, because his body couldn't tell the difference between care and the facsimile of care. It sent warmth through him skated down his spine. "'Tell me about the dream, Gwen,' August insisted, and Gwen cleared his throat, shook his head. "'At least tell me if it was based on something that actually happened.' "'Yes, it was,' Gwen said distantly. He was distracted. He could feel August's heart beating, the slow and alien tattoo of a water horse. By contrast, he could feel his own heart racing, still adjusting to reality. It was pounding so hard he felt sick from it, he had to swallow constantly around the nausea that expanded in his throat. So you let it loose once, and it was terribly bad. The end, August said, and Gwen opened his mouth to laugh and was distracted by August tucking his head down next to Gwen's. He suspected that August had figured out exactly how much power he had when he offered nothing more than comfort. That small voice inside of him said things like, You're stronger than this, and just get up, leave. But August had caught him at a time when he had nothing left and he was giving something that Gwen was unfamiliar with, craved more of. He felt more paralyzed than he had that time August had tied him down and gagged him and forced that metal thing. Gwen made a short, distraught sound in the back of his throat. His breathing escalated into something he couldn't control properly. August clucked impatiently with his tongue, breathed a slow dampness next to him. His hair was making the side of Gwen's face moist. All right, August said quietly. Focus on my breathing and copy that. Be easy now. Talk to me. But Gwen couldn't do everything at once. He couldn't find words at all. He focused instead on August's breathing, and as he tried to copy it, he realized that August had sped his breathing up so that it was closer to Gwen's normal pace. It took time, but he matched it, each exhale shaky. August said nothing, and Gwen turned his mind to August's other request, wondering how he would go about talking about it feeling a vague unease about the whole situation. It, it was terribly bad, as you put it, but I didn't let loose. No, it, it wasn't the full extent of my power. 
Gwen said, and August stared at him. Gwen, he said, carefully, have you ever let your power loose? You're not telling me that you haven't. Please, every fae has at some point. Gwen didn't reply. He knew for a fact that August was wrong, and August didn't like to be told when he got things wrong. He decided to stay silent. August smoothed his palm over Gwen's forehead, an idle, gentle touch. He buried his fingers back in Gwen's hair, pressed fingertips to his scalp, and Gwen licked his lips, wished he could preserve the sensation of it, that he could bottle it up and take it with him anywhere, so that he would remember it once it was gone for good. "'I used to do this with Ash,' August said quietly, almost to himself. He combed the fingers of both hands through Gwen's hair, curling his fingertips down behind Gwen's ears, keeping each stroke slow and firm and soothing. "'When we were little,' He would have bad dreams sometimes, like any child, I suppose. But they were terrible dreams, and he would thrash and cry out and even scream. Nothing would wake him. He wouldn't wake up unless I lay on top of him. He slept like the dead, actually. Even laying on top of him, it still took him a while to waken. Gwen flushed warm at the comparison, glad that August wasn't looking at his face. One of his arms came up hesitantly and he lowered it over August's back with nothing like nonchalance, only remembering to be careful of his wrist when he pressed down too hard unthinkingly and winced at the flare of sudden pain. August would have been able to tell how awkward he felt, how uncertain he was. He half expected August to get up and mock him and then leave. Expected a lot of things. Didn't expect August to hum in the back of his throat in approval and press his face closer. Tell me about the dream, August said voice tucked away close to his ear, hypnotic and warm. He should have made August's blood oath not to share it with anyone. He should have, but it would have involved August getting up, leaving, removing that contact. Gwen couldn't bear it. He would go back to feeling stoic tomorrow, or the next day. Perhaps he'd go hunting for whatever remnants of his kingship were still remaining. People looked at him like he knew how to run a kingdom, and once it only made him uneasy— now it actually made him sick inside. His family had asked him to stay out of trouble, to not demand undue attention, and he had been the worst kind of rebellious teenager, and he hadn't even known he was doing it. He'd ended up becoming the most visible fay in the seedy kingdom. King. I was six, Gwen said, swallowing. My mother and father spent a lot of their time telling me not to use my power, and I... Excuse me? August said, lifting his head slightly, just enough to press his lips to the side of Gwen's face. It wasn't an affectionate gesture, but an absent one. Why would Leith say something like that? These are old hands at immense power. They were... Why would they say that? What parents tell their child to repress their power at that age? I was six, Gwen continued, not knowing how to answer the questions without giving everything away, and not wanting to, not wanting to give everything away. He could talk about the dream, and August wouldn't figure anything out. August hadn't figured him out. He hadn't when he'd stripped Gwen down the first time, and he hadn't since. I was six, and I was angry, and it was reckless. I just... It just came out. Not all of it, but enough. And it couldn't have lasted more than about thirty seconds, I think. But I dream about how hard it was to force it back again. And how... And the, the aftermath. The aftermath of light? August said, confused. 
my family had to move. They came up with some excuse about a magical curse or plague so that they could move location and start again. August's hands paused in Gwen's hair. He took a very careful breath. Your family moved? What did you do to their palace, Gwen? Knock down a wall? Start early renovations? Gwen shook his head, and then shook it again. He couldn't talk about this. He wasn't supposed to. He certainly wasn't supposed to with August. He did know better. He could find affection later he could certainly do without. He pushed himself up into a sitting position. His wrists screamed at him, and he gritted his teeth against the pain. It would only help him to focus on what he had to do. But August followed the movement, clinging with such intent that Gwen was certain August would stay attached even if he stood up. "'I'm your captive, and some kind of bed-slave,' August said idly, slinging his arms around Gwen's shoulders and stroking the curve of Gwen's shoulder blades like it was something he did all the time. "'Or something. Why don't you just lie down again, and we can both pretend that I'm servicing you like any good bed-slave? Better yet, we could just call this extended aftercare. Which it is, actually.' I didn't want to leave you. I had a bad feeling about... I was not surprised that you had the nightmare. Wonderful, Gwen said, grimly. But the hands on his back were convincing. The head laying against his collarbone was convincing. His wrists ached where he'd stretched them to brace himself on his hands. His arms all the way up to his shoulders felt sore still. Lie down, August soothed. This is where you're not actually very like Ash at all. He soaked attention up like a sponge. He still does. You, on the other hand, a completely different story. I used to be good at this, once upon a time. How about giving me the chance to see if I still could be? Gwen didn't want to tell him that he already was. Those hands were clever. Even when they weren't twisting someone up into sexual knots, they were still attuned and focused. The placement of every finger was precise, seemed determined to find the places that Gwen most responded to. And even when Gwen was sure he hadn't reacted, August knew to return to the places that Gwen liked the most. The curve of his skull behind his ears, the dip in the muscle beneath his shoulder blades. Lie down, August said again, and Gwen lay down in a series of stilted movements. The small voice in his head, the one that protested, that told him to stop, that screamed that he would regret this, became smaller. You were six, August said. Your parents had been telling you to suppress your power, and you were six, so you didn't understand why. And then you were angry, and what you did was so bad that your parents moved palaces. Aside from the fact that I can't really believe that I just said the words, moved palaces, I suppose I can imagine the kind of destruction that would make that necessary. Your family is uppity. They would want to put on the best show possible. Couldn't grow back their perfect green lawn and plants in time for their next lot of esteemed guests, could they? Gwen didn't want this. He didn't want whatever fake sympathy August was offering him. It ached right in the place where he wanted the real thing. Once, he remembered, he had walked down to a cell, only intent on punishing a prisoner. Now... They couldn't grow their perfect green lawn and plants back in time, because the land is dead, Gwen said, squeezing his eyes shut, tensing. Because it has shown no sign of... recovering... In the thousands of years since. Because, on several square kilometers of family land, there is a black, empty wasteland, where nothing lives, or moves, or has ever returned. 
he visited it on very very rare occasions usually only when he was feeling particularly disgusted with himself and wanted to remind himself of why he couldn't afford to be open with people why he had to hide his light his power he visited it the week before learning to make the golden light to remind himself that his light and pitch's light were two very different things the wasteland filled him with a dull horror it had a scent to it an odor that he could no longer categorize as anything other than panic and char and death he had barely let his power go the light hadn't burned for as long as he'd wanted it to for as long as it had wanted to after he'd gotten his power under control again his father had sprinted at him knocked him down and shaken him so hard that his mind had split into an intense relentless headache and he'd been so shocked by what he'd done by his father's response that he'd started to cry even though he knew very well that he shouldn't his father had hit him until he'd stopped had taken him back into what remained of the estate they'd sat down side by side on a bed when unable to stop shaking and his father terribly still and quiet until there's something you should know gwen gwen shivered swallowed around the cold nausea in the back of his throat everyone knew he was light fay everyone sensed the light because it was so strong that even fully quelled and repressed it still shimmered and glittered abrasively beneath his skin jack frost had been unusually sensitive to it at least at first as though he knew that something jarring and caustic lurked beneath and so it did so many of the fae saw what they wanted to see they saw a family of seely fae a being who was born with light as his core of power they didn't ask questions they just <sighs> but why vote him into kingship there were cosmic jokes and then there were cosmic jokes August smoothed his fingers over Gwen's brow, and with his other hand carded individual curls of hair. "'I thought you told me that the light was neutral,' August said, as though puzzling something out. "'That's what you've told everyone. That doesn't sound like neutral light. No, let me rephrase that. That sounds positively unseely, Gwen.' It was said in a joking, charmed tone. It wasn't serious. August didn't know what he was saying.' but Gwen hadn't expected it. He hadn't been able to brace himself. People didn't joke about things like that. They didn't. Not with his family. Not with his family members. Everyone knew that even destructive, malicious creatures like Epnissian, with his center of cruelty and his ability to mete out consecutive hours of malicious, destructive torture both on individuals and in mass, even Epnissian was seely. Gwen desperately hoped that August would take his hitched breath, the tensing of his body, as a fence at the very suggestion. His heart was beating so fast he could see the results of it pulsing behind his eyelids. "'Honestly,' Gwen said, smoothing his voice, because he'd had years of practice at this. Turning on the Dreoct, because he'd had years of training in that, and—' August pushed himself up, a stunned look on his face. It didn't suit him. "'Please, you know our family throws rather intense powers?' Look at Epnissian, Gwen said dismissively, pretending at a scowl, praying, hoping that he was convincing. It was hard to be convincing, tired and sick and just wanting to curl up and not knowing exactly how to ask August to stay without inviting much-deserved derision. Epnissian sent to his cruelty, but his powers are mundane, August said, breathless, and your father sent to his ruthlessness, but his powers were— my family throws seely everyone knows that gwen said you have an overactive imagination and you august's eyes widened impossibly and he blanched all the color draining from his face gwen's heart rate shot up into a panicked tattoo 
You are one of the only families in the world who could pull the wool over. I can't believe what I'm saying. August hiccuped on a laugh and looked a horror at Gwen that had him scramble upwards again, terrified. August couldn't find this out. It was impossible. He could not. There was only one person left in the world who knew, aside from himself, and he was under strict orders to terminate anyone else who ever found out, and he had already broken so many rules. Even his existence had broken one of the family decrees, and he had already proven to himself, to the Fae, that he couldn't kill August, not for his extreme crimes, let alone for stumbling upon something that— August grabbed him by the hair and twisted his hand hard, dragged him back down again, his eyes wide and his breath coming faster and faster. "'But you're the king,' August said on the ghost of a breath. "'You're the—' "'Don't say it,' Gwen begged, hiccuping on the fear of it. "'Don't, please don't say it. You don't know what I'm supposed to do to you if you say it. Just don't, please, please, August, please, I promise, I promise I'll—' "'This explains everything.' August's mouth was open. His hand wasn't leaving Gwen's hair, wrapped up tight, and Gwen thought, "'At least he doesn't look disgusted.' But he was having a hard time holding back hysterical laughter and more begging, and he couldn't tell if he lost control of his life months ago, or years ago, or the moment he was six, and his father had sat him down and said, There's something you should know, Gwen. Don't say it, Gwen whispered, and August stared at him, as though seeing him for the first time. I have to, August said. I'd rather find that I have to. Otherwise... I will do anything. How has no one ever figured it out? You cannot tell me that in the past three thousand years, you cannot tell me that no one's figured it out. I can't be the first. There must have been others that you've talked to, information you've let slip without realizing, people who have connected the dots. August's voice shook. One, Gwen said, and his heart turned over in his chest, a wrench of pain that made him give up a strangled noise that he was saying anything at all. He hardly knew where the words were coming from. He didn't know how to stop talking. One. I was younger. I, I was. I was very young. A teenager. I, I didn't understand how serious my father was. I, I didn't. I made a mistake. August made a sound of disgust, and Gwen flinched, because there it was. He expected that. But almost immediately, August was crooning soothing sounds, and he wouldn't stop stroking Gwen's hair and Gwen thought it would help, that it would help to have that, but nothing was helping. Not you, August said. I'm not angry at you. I'm just imagining you as a teenager. A dumb, idiot teenager. Not the brightest, not even the best. Or were those other fae with their embraced powers, learning how to use them. And you with these secrets, and I can just imagine you befriending someone like a moronic, romping puppy. When I've met Leith, your father... We've met. I know how he used to think. I know his center. August closed his eyes, pained. Ah, oh, and what he probably did to your friend when he found out about this mistake that you made. Gwen was shaking violently now. August tugged at Gwen's hair in realization. He made a dismayed sound. And then he was shifting down Gwen's body, just enough that he could force his arms underneath Gwen's arms, snake them behind his back. He squeezed Gwen to his chest, and Gwen realized that he was being held. He couldn't remember the last time that had happened. He wasn't sure it had ever happened. Not like this. He stared up at the ceiling, mouth open. Cleve didn't do anything to your friend, did he? 
August said, and Gwen's eyes burnt wet. He shook his head in denial, in agreement. He likely made some very convincing speeches about how you'd betrayed the family, and remember when you were six, and do we need to visit the wasteland again, and you have to understand, Gwen, where you never learn, there are consequences to your actions, and you— <laughs> You have met him, Gwen laughed brokenly, and then made a very undignified noise when August's arms jerked hard around him. What was your center back then? It wasn't triumph. It couldn't have been. There was very little possibility that Leith could have coerced you into murdering your friend as a punishment, if it was triumph. August spat. Did that come later? Of course it did. Gwen's heart was twisting so hard he thought he might be dying. Once he'd been stabbed in the chest when he'd had no armor on, and this felt almost exactly the same. Moffat. Gwen was starting to feel numb. It didn't matter that August hadn't actually said the word out loud. August knew. He understood. He had uncovered the family's secret. And August could never be trusted, would never be trustworthy. He would leak it when Gwen least expected it, use it to manipulate Gwen into getting what he wanted. It would be the thing that would break him. And he wanted to laugh, because it broke him such a long time ago, this secret. He just wanted to know when it would stop breaking him. August chuckled softly against his chest. He was holding Gwen so tightly that Gwen was finding it easy to imagine that August wasn't smaller, wasn't slighter. I've just noticed the cosmic irony of you being voted in as King of the Seely Fae, by Seely Fae. I shouldn't have told you, Gwen whispered, and August's chuckle died off immediately. I shouldn't have. Quiet, August said a sternness in his voice, even though it was soft. You didn't tell me. We haven't actually said it out loud. Either of us. I can make a rather elaborate blood oath to the effect that I will never say anything about this to anyone but you. I'm rather aware of how quickly I would be slaughtered if I were not under your purview. It doesn't do me any favors to see you knocked off your throne and pushed out into exile. Gwen didn't say anything. He told himself that he didn't curl into August's body, and that he didn't tuck his head into the space between August's neck and shoulder, because he didn't do things like that. And he certainly wouldn't do them now, with August, when everything was falling apart. "'I've been getting things wrong for a long time with you, and I didn't understand why,' August said, grabbing one of the smaller blankets on Gwen's bed and throwing it over them both. "'Things that I thought would push you over the edge didn't. Things that by all rights should have been tame by comparison.' set off chain reactions that I couldn't predict. And now, I think, I'm finally starting to see why. You're a liar, and a good one. You spend all of your energy on making sure others never realize, and you use the Dreoct deliberately to make sure Fay are won over. You even used it with me, and I thought, laughably, that it was part of your natural Seely charm. Your family legacy covered the rest, for they have always thrown Seely Fay, and they have always been cruel. For all that you cannot admit this to yourself, you are surprisingly good at being one of us. You could have been the king that Arsai deserved. Gwen couldn't pretend to himself that he wasn't starting to sob, couldn't push that away far enough, and August wasn't letting him anyway. August, who was suddenly full of reassurance and soothing noises and hands that responded to every new wave of distress with something approximating care. August, who had moved one of his hands up to Gwen's face and was stroking it with an agonizing gentleness, smearing away Gwen's tears not giving him a chance to escape the reality of them. That was a compliment, August said, 
and Gwen huffed a breath of wet laughter. <laughs> I can assure you it wasn't. You would have made a better king than me, August said. Gwen knew how generous August was being, but he still laughed. I do make a better king than you. And you're on the wrong side in everything, August said, sounding impressed in spite of himself. Imagine how good you'd be if you actually... Don't, Gwen warned, and August nodded, took a deep breath, and sighed it out. You didn't want me to cleanse you of your madness all that time ago, August said, gently. Did you? By the gods, August, be quiet. Even I couldn't make you into something you weren't. I might be good, but I'm not that good. August, Gwen said, exasperated, and then subsided when thumbs smoothed his tears away, when fingers traced the delicate shells of his ears. August hushed him, pressed his lips to the underside of Gwen's jaw. And Gwen half expected August to take control, to make him forget, but August did nothing of the sort. He kept his lips closed, breath passing in and out of his nostrils. When he withdrew, he pressed a second kiss to Gwen's lips. He kissed him the way Gwen kissed, and it was startling. They wouldn't close their eyes. August watched him warily, and Gwen stared back, no idea what expression was on his face. I've been bored. I find captivity rather tedious, if I'm completely honest, August said smoothly. So I suppose you'll be my project. If you're stuck here, trapped, as much as I am, we can at least make sure that you learn how to embrace who you are. Every other unseedy fay has had to do it with far less fuss. Oh, hush. I said it. Calm down. Gwen's breathing had turned to panic again. <laughs> it will... It will turn me inside out one day. The light. It will pour itself out. Destroy everything. Melodrama, August said, but he didn't sound sure. Perhaps, Gwen said. But that is what it wants. The light. And I'm so tired, August. I'm only young, and I'm already so tired. Melodrama, August said, sounding more convinced. And that's because you've never learned to master it, you idiot. August pressed his cheek against Gwen's, and left it there, offering a constant, unwavering presence. Gwen had never imagined being able to tell someone the truth. Not since Moffat had he even dared to let himself imagine it as anything more than a death sentence. He'd never thought that someone, August, would find out like this, and that they would talk about it together, half hidden under a blanket. You're not the first fay to have a power that would go haywire if unchecked. The Nain Rouge comes immediately to mind. She would have turned the world inside out, given enough time. She still might. You might be in a race with a few other fay to see who will destroy the world first. But she still uses her power. I still use my light, Gwen said, when I have to. You don't know how, August muttered. You open the door, crack, and then slam it shut. You don't understand what you're doing. Your father never let you, and then you never let yourself. So that just sounds like an extreme version of standard family issues to me. I can work with that. I don't want you to work with it, Gwen muttered, and August traced the shape of Gwen's face with the back of his fingers, laughed under his breath. <laughs> Whatever you say. Gwen clenched his jaw, and then sighed when August rubbed his upper arms. He was exhausted, still. He'd been resisting sleep for weeks, and now... Life used to be simpler when I did this for Ash, August said softly. But your life was never simple, was it? Here you are, looking like the quintessential Seelie King, 
with your pale armour and coming from the right family, and of course being able to claim that you have this powerful, neutral light as your core. And it was all a lie. You never get to forget about it, do you? Sometimes, Gwen said, closing his eyes obediently when August smoothed fingers gently over his eyelids. August moved fingers over Gwen's brow after that, massaging the band of tension that wrapped around his head. In the battlefield, using my sword. And you. Sometimes. A pause, then, where August didn't say anything at all. And then August took a deep breath. No wonder you drop so fast, August said, pressing his lips against Gwen's gently. Your mind just wants to let it go. Like I said, this explains everything. Gwen didn't have a reply to that, because August was, of course, right. And August didn't say anything else, which was surprising, because he certainly had a lot to poke fun at if he really wanted to. Gwen supposed that would come later. Tiredness washed over him, lapped waves at the corner of his mind. August showed no signs of wanting to move, and his hands moved in slow, drugging motions, demanding that Gwen relax further and further. He was so dazed, and only at the beginning of his sleep cycle. His body was incessant with its demand for more rest. He yawned, turned his head to the side to get more comfortable, and pressed August closer to himself with his elbows, keeping weight off his wrists. August responded by resting his head alongside Gwen's and humming in the back of his throat. He sounded oddly comfortable. He didn't sound like he was performing some terrible chore at all. And Gwen could almost, for a moment, Imagine a world where August actually wanted him to be okay, wanted him to be a better version of himself. That was all Gwen wanted, really, to be a better version of himself, whatever the seely version of himself would look like. Stop thinking, August said tiredly. You can panic just as well tomorrow. Will you do this again? Gwen said, tiredness mussing his words and turning them sleep soft. He had hardly any idea what he was saying. I like this pause. He didn't stay awake long enough to hear an answer. Warm and with no more energy left for panic, he drifted deep into a dark, dreamless world.